Welcome everyone to another episode of DMing Truth in Tech. I'm Mario Alvarado. And I'm Daniel Escalante. We are super glad you could join in on the conversation for Church Talk today. We ask that you could please subscribe and rate us and also follow us on Twitter with our Twitter handle DM Truth Tech. Don't forget to check out our website at dmtruthtech.org where you can find all of our podcast notes, recommendations, and any of our contact info. All right, everyone. Well, we have a really great episode, uh, like we were saying. And one of the things that we want to do on this podcast is showcase a lot of the different creative ministries that we hear about. Mm -hmm. And that is what we have uh, today. We have uh, some guests with us, and we'll introduce them in a second. But they have a really great uh, creative ministry going that we just want to share with you guys, let you guys know how they're doing that, um, you know, the challenges that come with that. And more than anything, we want to do more of this uh, because mm -hmm. we, as much as we talk about, you know, how much we would love to innovate in our ministries, we want to give people examples um, and give the opportunity for creatives that are doing that to be able to have their voices heard. Um, so they can tell us, you know, what that is like, any challenges that come with it. And, um, and yeah, hopefully it inspires, uh, other people to also just start with their creative ministries. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it's definitely outside the box type of thinking. Um, it's a different way of doing church. And so all of us, you know, we just do our best to keep an open mind and, um, more than anything, you know, we pray that the Holy Spirit is leading. Yeah. And so, so yeah, we have a great episode. Um, so yeah, we hope you enjoy it. Anyway, we have uh, Ryan and we have Abel here with us joining us. And thank you guys for, uh, you know, taking time to sit and talk about this crazy, amazing, do I don't even know what to call it, right? Uh, but it's a ministry. <laughs> we know that. That's for sure, right? Right. And so, um, yeah. So just for uh, introduction's sake, people get a little context. Uh, uh, introduce yourselves and, uh, you know, tell us your name and tell us basically what, what, what is it that you do? Quick. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so my name's Ryan Hablitzel, and I've been a pastor in the Nevada Utah Conference for about eight years. Mm -hmm. And I pastor in a couple different districts out here and um, had the inspiration for this unique ministry about um, three years ago, and I've been working on it ever since. Yeah, well, my name is Abel Alvarado, and um, I'm also a pastor pastoring well was pastoring for a little bit at church here in Ogden um, but now we're fully invested in this ministry pressed together and um, I'm also Mario's brother so yeah boom <laughs> all right <laughs> nepotism right that's there, a bonus right there. <laughs> that's a bonus all right sweet well that's you know that, that's them letting us know a little bit about themselves we want to um you know, ask them some questions so that we can get as much out of them in this, you know, in our short podcast that we try to do within our, you know, mm -hmm. 30 to 40 minutes. But um, yeah, so we'll be asking some questions and, you know, you guys can just answer to the, you know, honestly here, we're transparent here. There's no wrong answers. Well, there might be, theologically speaking, but we're all theologians, so... Then sure again, we <laughs> anyway. And um, I just want to say, you know, um, I just want to thank you guys, Ryan and Abel, for again just being here with us and being willing to talk with us. Um, but at the same time, I want to thank you for, um, however, this idea came to be, 
And because truly it's it's something whenever we engage in creative ministries, um, there's no map, you know, planted out beforehand. There's mm -hmm. no roadmap, you know, there's no uh, instructions or manual that came with it. And so it's definitely you guys are out in uncharted waters. And so um, so definitely thank you for that, for being willing to be, you know, the pioneers in this um ministry and so i guess the first question will will just have to be um you know tell us a little bit how is it that a juice bar came to be a church and i guess just tell us you know what is the vision behind it all well i think um you know this idea to open a juice bar started uh, maybe a little over three years ago we had a group of young literature evangelists that started a group called thrive and they were going to different churches and training them how to do ministry. And they did that in a church I was pastoring here in Ogden, Utah. And, um, you know, anytime you take 10 passionate young people and you put them in a church, uh, it's going to get results. And we had pretty tremendous results from that. And mm. um, they were really into health ministry. And I just, you know, they were doing a ministry that was kind of unsustainable at the time. They were sleeping on church members' couches, and, you know, they were doing this off of just, you know, money that they found, you know, that was, it really wasn't sustainable. And so I started to think to myself, you know, how can we make this more sustainable? And uh, just thought to myself, you know, what about a juice bar? I mean, what's... Uh, what's more relevant than a juice bar? I mean, there's lots of coffee shops out there, but in our context, a juice bar just really made a lot of sense. And mm. uh, we began pursuing this vision, um, and it's been a long road since, um, but all along, I've always felt that the juice bar needed to be a church um, because how we define church and what we do for church it's very common to us today, um, mm. what we think of it as, but, you know, biblically, um, it's much more of a broad opportunity. Um, and so, um, you know, uh, we don't necessarily have all the answers, but, you know, that's okay. Um, we, we want to, you know, try to figure out new opportunities and, and, uh, and see how the Lord leads with with this project um, in redefining what church is, really. Wow, that is incredible. And I, I love that you're touching on uh, topics that we have definitely discussed on this uh, podcast. And that is, you know, helping young people to be more involved, uh, redefining and looking at exactly what is church. And um, yeah, just making it more about the people than the actual building. And so that is definitely very interesting. And um, I'm already excited just hearing about that, seeing how um, God is going to keep blessing that. Dude, I mean, yeah, a juice bar. You were going to say something. I was just going to say, I think the key word that he said was uh, more about the people, not the building. That's, mm. I think, um, a key concept with what we're trying to do. You know, our, mm. our facility that we're about to open with this juice bar, it has no customer seating. And most of the time when people come into there, the first thing they say is, where are you going to do church? And uh, yeah. we just kind of <laughs> laugh because I think it's almost by design because yeah. we need to be more about the relationships and maybe church happens on the street and not in the building. Dude, that's wow. revolutionary right there. I can't grasp my... I mean, I'm the I'm part of those that asked you guys, like, I was telling my brother, like, dude, where are you guys going to sit, people? Like, what, you know, where, where are you guys going to have your, like you know, church services and that. 
because it's just so ingrained in us, bro. It's just so ingrained in us about just having to sit somewhere and and being passive at least, you know, eighty percent of the time in some type of program. And we've we've limited church to that. We've narrowed church down to that. Right. And people think that in order to do church, you've got to have music and you've got to have, you know, a sermon of some type or a Bible study. Um, but when you look at like how Jesus did church, um, sure, he went and he visited the synagogue and things like that. But, you know, you know, church happened on the street with real people in relationships. And that's why people love mm-hmm. Jesus. And, you know, I would rather have a ministry flash mob going, doing something great for someone on the street um, and people feeling inspired by that than, um, you know, I don't think most young people want to sit down in a pew and listen to someone else's ideas without being engaged in the conversation. This is a way that, you know, if they're going to come and do church, it's going to be something they're actively involved in. We're going to be actively uh, involved in impacting someone, and that is church. That's Mm -hmm. so foreign, bro. I mean, what you're speaking is Mm -hmm. so foreign to our traditional way of thinking, and yet Mm -hmm. it's biblical, Right. Well, or would you say, I mean, would you guys say it's biblical? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the attempt is, is not to create another, a new thing, you know, or try something else. It's kind of going back mm-hmm. to the oh. biblical understanding of what church is. Ooh. Because, mm-hmm. you know, usually what we try to do is just um, like, you know, the, the same, uh, the same old barn with a different paint job. And that's not yeah. what we're trying to do. We're trying to go to a different barn. You know, it, mm. and and not just different barn for the sake of it, but back to the biblical perspective or understanding of what church is. So, um, mm-hmm. I think the the vision is to do church based on the community. You know, the the fellowship, and mm. which is what, which is how the first you know the first church was. Um, that's how the growth happened in the, in the first yeah. church. The community, mm-hmm. the, the the relationship, the closeness. They didn't have a name for themselves. They were named Christians, you know. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't it, it wasn't that they were um, looking to glorify themselves, but that unity brought about something that we know now as church. So I wow. feel like I mm-hmm. should give a little background on what what we're actually doing day to day. Yeah, please do. Um, so, so what we do is we have a shop that's probably in the best location that we could find in Ogden, Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's right downtown at the cultural corner of town. And basically, we make raw, organic, cold-pressed juice, and mm. we use the best of everything. We're like the top shelf of the top shelf of uh, juicery, I guess mm. you could say. And so Sunday through Friday, we're just going to be engaging with people in the community, um, you know, talking about health, um, you know, selling them healthy products. And, you know, it's almost like when you when you have this type of product, you tap into a subculture and it's almost like a spiritual subculture. Mm. And through Mm. these interactions with people, we're going to build relationships and it gives us an opportunity to tell them about more, you know, um, you know, if we have a community service project going on, um, we advertise, let people know that we are a nonprofit. We're not a for-profit business. We're a nonprofit juice bar. Um, we have opportunities for people to give through our giving app, um, to local charities. We have, um, different, uh, individuals with needs in our community that we sponsor, that we put our, their picture up, 
um, so that people can give and help people in their community. And that way it takes people who maybe aren't really interested in spirituality or religion. They enter in, they build relationships with us through our products, but then they find out that they can tap into something better, something that's improving their community, that's making a difference right now. And that's how you Mm. can branch into you know, the more spiritual side of things. And it's not through telling them about things, but it's about going out and making a difference right now and experiencing relationships with real, authentic Christian people. Wow. This, wow. Is, probably, this is probably a little too deep for our podcast. <laughs> it's not just play. <laughs> but I mean, no, it's like Daniel said, it's we talk a lot about this, right? And it's, I, I mean, I know my brother and you guys have been, and you've been working on this for a while. And it's just, we've been meaning to have you guys on on here. Because one of the questions also, I just want to uh, piggyback on, on on this question that Daniel said, you know, w- w- what is a church, how you guys are going to do it, what's the vision? Usually a conference hears this and they'll just like, you know, it, it's they'll just smile and be like, oh, that's cool, you know, uh, typically. Um, do you want to let us in on... Is the conference on board or is this just an in, independent, quote unquote, thing, you know, ministry type of thing, which I think wouldn't be bad. But tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we're definitely not independent. Mm. We, we worked really hard to make sure that we were a part of the conference. This is 100 percent owned by the Nevada, Utah Conference. And, and one of the reasons why wow. is because we feel like if we can do this in the Nevada, Utah conference and take the extra time to make it a part of the church, then we mm-hmm. can set the platform for other people to to do similar things. Because, you know, honestly, it's been really challenging. There, There's more hurdles to this than people realize. And mm-hmm. um, if we can be successful, then we can kind of set the stage so that other people can have a smoother path to success. Wow. Mm. And just another thing to keep in mind, we're not trying to hide the fact that we're Adventists. We're Mm. unashamedly Adventists. We're Mm. Christian. We're, Mm. you know, we're not going to hide that. It's just, we're, that's not the first thing we're going to introduce people with, you know, Hey, keep the Sabbath. And traditionally that's what we've, we've done. And we're trying to steer away from that, you know, not because we're ashamed of being it. On the contrary, we're, you know, we believe and we hold what the what the Adventist Church believes. But it's just we're not trying to introduce ourselves with that because that doesn't make a genuine relationship. That's just me trying to impose my ideas on on you. So if you're mm. going to find out I'm Adventist, you're going to do it through our relationship and our constant communication and hanging out and doing things together. Mm. Yeah, we live in a world that no one's going to trust you, um, you know, based off of your initial conversation in order for someone to be invested at all in uh, something I have to say, we're going to have to have a relationship. And if we have a relationship and there's trust there, um, that gives an opportunity for me to share more. Mm -hmm. Um, But until that relationship and that trust is there, I'm wasting my time trying to share my ideas. Um, but mm. if people can see, you know, Christ in me and what I'm doing and what my life represents, um, and they they have a relationship with me, there's opportunity to take the next step, and and that come that takes time. It takes an investment. It takes discipleship. Mm-hmm. It's not a instantaneous result type of thing. Wow. Okay. Well, there you guys have it. That's basically sums up a little um, 
I mean, obviously there's more to that, but, but this is the core of what you guys are doing or, or planning to do, right? Uh, by the way, uh, the juice bar is not open yet, right? It's it's about to be open. You guys are still on the works for it. And um, having said that, one of the other questions is, I mean, it sounds good, right? If someone hears this and it's like, man, dude, this is amazing. The conference is on board. They own it, you know, and they, they have hired people, you know, two pastors to go for it. Now, what are some challenges that, that you guys have faced with this juice bar? Because it's not just like, you know, oh, it's let's just do it. And it all of a sudden it pops up and you have a juice bar going and stuff like that. Yeah. What do you think are like the, what would you guys say are like some of the top challenges you guys have faced um, up to this moment, like right before opening? Yeah, I could go on for quite a while on this one. <laughs> I, I've been working on it for three years and the challenges are, are immense, truthfully. Uh, you know, number one, you got to have money. And so you got to know how to fundraise because, you know, our our main juicer we use is $25,000. And um, only? We, no. That, that's the only one juicer. And we've got Mercy. several other juicers that are five to $10,000 each, you know. And you got to have money. And so, um, you know, you got to know how to fundraise. You got to know how to write grants. You know how to, you have to be able to produce. You got to get the money. And that's one challenge. The other challenge is, you know, working with the conference. Um, you know, the conference is always worried about liability and everything has to go through lawyers and uh, everything has to be triple checked. Um, the other thing is that, you know, opening, we're opening a business that sells a product, mm-hmm. um, but we're still a nonprofit. Um and, and that's challenging on itself. I mean, people, I don't think people realize what it takes to open up a business like that. I mean, every single government agency that exists, I think I've dialogued with them and submitted paperwork Man. and gone through their process. Man. Um, mm. And, you know, you've got websites to build. You've got social media platforms you know, we worked really hard. Um, you know, our website is pressedtogether.com. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, you can find us on social media at Press Together. And it's not easy to get all of those things lined up really branded under that word. Yeah. Um, and so that was a big challenge. Uh, t- you know, taxes, financial, uh, permitting, dealing with uh, landlords and lease agreements, uh, cutthroat business people, um, Department of Agriculture, Department of Health, uh, you know, the fire department. I mean, these are all people that you got to go through their processes and it ain't easy, man. I, you know, I think that I've learned more about the business world in the last two years than I could have learned getting an MBA. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy, man. That's just some, now, um, now of course you guys have to go through all these, these are like the um, administrative things we can say, or the little, well, they're not little details, obviously they, they, (laughs) they're huge details, but how does it feel like after going through all that, you guys are just days, maybe, you know, a month or less from opening. How does, how do you guys feel at this point? Like, cause I know on top of that, you guys have to put in some construction work. I know you guys have been there like every day, you know, putting in tiles, getting people on board, helping out and stuff like that. How does it feel knowing that you're going to open and like... Yeah, I mean, there's a sense of uh, excitement, but, you know, and some urgency. And 
uh, I, I would add that some one of those challenges is keeping the conviction, you know. Um, I know Ryan's been going at this for longer than we have, but there's been times where, um, you know, even you start doubting yourself, like, man, are we going to be able to go through with this? And I think that in those moments is when you need to reaffirm that conviction. And um, mm. that could be a challenge sometimes, mm. especially when you're, you know, being attacked from different uh, stages and parts of your life, mm-hmm. you know? So I think um, being firm in your conviction um, and, and clinging on to the promise that, you know, God is going to help you see you through. Um, so that's, you know, that's one of the, one of the challenges. But uh, obviously now that we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, there's excitement, there's urgency, and um, you learn to be patient because yeah. it's, it's not going to come just from one day to another, you know? Yeah. And, that, mm. and you're going you're gonna to hit some roadblocks, but you can't stop there. And that's one thing that we've learned. Um, trust me, there's been times where you just want to go the easy route, throw the towel, and say, you know what, I'm going to go back to what we were doing. But mm. honestly, that's not, it's not the way, you know? So you learn patience and perseverance. So that's, you know, that's crazy. Well, uh, yeah, we want to get to some uh, other questions I think are also important. Um, uh, yeah, I know Daniel has another yeah. question he wants to ask. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's incredible. And I'm sure um, that there's going to be no lack of challenges in the future, you know, as you guys come up to opening and even past that once things get started. Um, but, you know, if, if God has made a way so far, you know, I'm sure he'll keep, um, you know, pushing through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, though, um, I, I know a, another uh, challenge that might come up, and that is just, you know, perceptions, criticisms, or even pushback from other people. Um, being that this is such a radical approach to church and ministry, um, it's great, you know, that the conference has, has, the conference has been so um, willing to, you know, take ownership of it. But have you experienced any other kind of criticism or pushback, you know, from starting this? Yeah, um, not so much criticism or pushback. Uh, we were <laughs> kind of talking earlier. What I think what we run into more, the most is misunderstanding. So, you know, most people that um, hear about the juice bar, we talk to them about it. With the, you know, the first question is, how are you going to do church? So more than pushback and criticism, I think it's just not a fully grasping the idea of the juice bar and that brings confusion mm, okay you know so when people yeah. don't fully understand it um, they question they question it and they don't feel comfortable with what you're doing so that's kind of like the 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 challenge that we've run into um, misunderstanding not fully grasping um, mm. so you know that sometimes gets you uncomfortable because you don't have all the answers we don't have all the answers right now and I think until we start um, walking on some of this water, then we'll we'll be able to figure it out. So that sometimes gets you a little comfortable. But mm-hmm. um, overall, I feel like people are supportive of the idea and the concept of the juice bar. Mm. Yeah, and I found that's very incredibly few uh, encouraging critical too, about what we're doing. One of the reasons why I was so convicted um, to pursue this and push through all the challenges is. Um, This is a project that I think both conservatives and liberals in our church can agree on. They, you know, when I talk to either side, all of them are both thumbs up on it. Um, And really, I haven't gotten much, if at all, I haven't really gotten any criticism from from any credible source, really. Wow, that's (laughs) incredible. 
Yeah, man. <laughs> so overall, you guys have so overall, you guys have gone um, support, if anything, because uh, from the conservative side, quote unquote, they say, well, oh, it's the health message, right? It's this, it's a good thing. It's, it's, it's this <laughs> yeah, is it's great. a center of influence. It's the center of exactly. So, um, and then from the other side, you get this, you know, innovative support, you know, uh, trying a new thing type of thing. Okay, great. Now. Um, you know, we we believe that having a good organization, you know, even you have challenges, mm-hmm. you have, um, you know, you have your vision and you have pushbacks, you have support, whatever. But we believe that to have an organization move forward in spite of all these hardships that you guys have gone through or that any organization would go through, it's important to have the right people on board. So... What, what would you guys have to say? How important do you think it is to have the right people on board? Or is it important to have the right people on board? Or is it just kind of thing like, Kuna, come on over and we'll, we'll uh, you know, you know, how have you guys handled this as a team? Do you think it matters? I'm not trying to put you guys on the spot. I'm so, pretty sure you have disagreements, <laughs> but uh, is it important to have the right people on board for such a mission? Absolutely. Um we're not going to just invite anyone to like come down and work mm. with us. I mean, we, we need people who are mission minded and who have the right mindset. If you bring the wrong mm. people into something you're doing, they can destroy it really quickly. Mm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm doing my um, doctor of ministry dissertation on this project. And um, part of my research, I had to look at Jesus's uh, method of evangelism Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. or creating community is a better way to say that. And kind of the the idea that I came up with is I think a lot of times we've taken an evangelistic approach, but I don't think Jesus necessarily took an evangelistic approach. He took an approach Mm -hmm. more of um, being a recruiter. He saw people who had potential, and then he went and recruited them. Oh, wow. that's kind of what I've done. Um, when I go places and I see people that have the right ideas, I say, Hey, I'm doing this project with the juice bar. You know, I talk to them and I, I get the right feel from them. I invite them to come on like the board of directors. And I've had people from all over the country really be involved with this Mm. and, um, you know, channel their resources. And with that said, there's other people who don't get the concept. Mm. They don't see the vision, and um, that's okay. It's just they weren't called to this, and, and we recognized that right away. I mean, I knew right away when I talked to Abel, um, you know, he got recommended to me by the conference as someone I should talk to as potentially to do this. And, you know, we talked for about five or ten minutes. I'm like, yeah, this guy gets it. Mm. It helps he's, you know, from the Northern California, too. Cause yes. Northern I'm, a little, I'm, a little, I'm a little biased. That's right. right there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Golden State Warriors people out here. <laughs> oh, you're a no, Kings Sacramento fan. You're Kings. a Kings fan. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, man. That's okay, bro. It, it'll work out <laughs> for you. Sweet. So it so definitely is important. You know, you don't want to just, and we've emphasized this on, on, on past podcasts, when it comes to just church or any organization that wants to be successful, you want to make sure you have the right people on board because it, it, it could be an up, it's already an uphill battle trying to start mm-hmm. something like this. Now, yeah. imagine how more up, I mean, how can it get more uphill when it can if you have the wrong people on board? And so I'm pretty sure you guys have gotten people to be like, hey, you know, I want to join. This sounds great. This sounds amazing. 
but it's it's not just something easy to grasp. So so one of the things that we do, because I actually had someone show up at my church about a month ago, just out of the blue, drove mm-hmm. across the country and showed up at church and told me they wanted to be my marketing manager for this. And I was a little weirded out by that. Yeah. Um, but actually <laughs> what we do is this, this originally started with the literature evangelism department in mm-hmm. our conference. Um, you know, while they have kind of a different approach to sharing the gospel, um, what I do see value in is, you know, when they do their summer youth rush program, that's a very challenging program. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, if you can survive three months of summer youth rush, then you can probably survive a lot of things. Um, so I get people <laughs> approaching me all the time saying, hey, you know, because I'm, I'm the local pastor and people are like, yeah, I want a job at the juice bar. And what I do is I just refer them to summer youth rush. Because I figure if they can handle going door-to-door, selling books about Jesus, um, while we don't take the same approach in what we're doing, mm-hmm. I figure that's a good vetting process to see if people are really called or not. Because, mm. I, I mean, if you're mm. called to ministry, um, you got to have kind of a wilderness experience. To, to You've got to be able to weather the storm. Because if you can't weather the storm, you're going to get blown away real quick. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. Wow, that's crazy. So there you have it. Job openings, uh, screening at Youth Rush happening. <laughs> yeah, Nevada, Utah Conference, Summer Youth Rush. Contact Joe Caddy's. Sure. He'll set you up. There it is. <laughs> yeah, just to go ahead and start wrapping up, but um, what kind of message or, I guess, encouragement or would you have for others that are thinking of, you know, maybe have ideas of doing church in a different way? Um, you know, what kind of message would you have for them that they're thinking of starting something like this or just something different? Uh, what, what kind of advice would you have for them? Uh, one of the first things I would say would be um, push forward, you know, don't be afraid to jump in the water. Um, sometimes I think the concepts that we have and that we've built um, or we've grown up with, you know, um, limit us. And sometimes we're afraid to, to do it. So one of the things that I would say and to start off is go ahead and do it. Um, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. There will be challenges, um, physical and mental. You will find some resistance at the beginning, like with any other project. But as long as you're willing to push forward, go on with it. And, you know, and even though you don't have it all figured out right now, mm-hmm. you will you will see answers. You will find answers. God will show you a way. Um, you might not have all the resources. They will come. You might not have all the help. The help will come. So it's just a matter of, you know, throwing throwing the net, and God will take care of the rest. Yeah, and I would add to that, you know, make sure if you're going to do something creative and you're really going to go for it, make sure that your conviction is good. And make sure that it's a vision that you can believe in long term. I, I knew when I went mm-hmm. into this that this was going to consume my career and my ministry. Mm-hmm. And um, I felt like it was a worthy cause. I mean, my dad joked around with me. He's like, Ryan, why can't you just go back to preaching good funerals? And, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, because like I, you Bro. know, I, I was a professional pastor and like, you know, yeah. I. I'm getting paid my same salaries. Like, why are you taking on all this extra stuff? But for me, I was convicted. If I don't do this, what am I going to do? Because truthfully, I'm convicted that if we just keep doing the same stuff that we've always been doing in ministry, uh, we're not getting anywhere. 
I mean, we, we got to be innovative. We got to try new things. And, you know, it is challenging. And people, they get ideas, they get excited about them, and they burn out quickly. So mm. Mm. you got to be sure about what you're getting into. This is a marathon. This is not a sprint. Mm. And unless you're down for the marathon and the pain, then you need to check where your conviction is, and you got to make sure that you're willing to sacrifice for this the long term. Wow. Mm. Wow, that's crazy. And, I mean, again, thank you guys for coming on um, and sharing this. I believe there's, you know, even within our listeners, I know that we've gotten emails and stuff like that of them dealing with, you know, the old traditional things. Uh, we've got uh, listeners who've, you know, written back talking about, you know, their, the creative things that they're doing, but we know there's a lot of pushback and setback. But I feel the fact that you guys have come on and, and just shared what you guys are doing, it's, it's revolutionary, um, again, it's not just like, it's not just starting something new for the sake of starting something new. It's actually mm-hmm. just what it's fulfilling the mission that has always been given and that was always given exactly. to the church. And I think that if the fact that you guys are saying this, it, it can encourage, I'm pretty sure there's a lot more creators out there and a lot more people that want to, or have this in their heart. Maybe this is something that's pushing you. If you're in our audience, if this is something that, you know, will is, is, is what you needed that little push to just go for it for that vision that God's been giving you for a while. I mean, this mm-hmm. is an example right here of how it, it it's happening. Like this is an actual conference of our church who adopted a, revolutionary vision and here you have a team moving forward just just mm-hmm. doing things for god in, in a crazy way and um in the middle of um so a lot of people think you know utah you know they think you know lds quickly right um but we're here in ogden and by the way you guys are down the street of one of the most it's not even religious you were telling me ryan right it's one of the most like uh it's notorious for its uh it's uh, checkered past and, mm. um, you know, it's, it's got the concentration. We've got such a diverse group of people down there. We've got the homeless, we've got the drunks, we've got the business people, we've got the hippies, we've got, we've got everything. Um, it's, it's just the cultural center of Ogden. Um, and, wow. uh, you know, it's one of the only places that's busy on a Sunday in Utah. Mm. In comparison. Yeah. Cause a lot of people think, Oh, you know, you know, religious context and stuff like that, but that's like the, Rebellion Street, right? That's the little old. Uh, what you call it? I think it was the. Yeah, it's it's a it's a rebellious street. It's got like you know old <laughs> tunnels underneath it where they used to bootleg liquor, and um, you know it was kind of like the down and out street. And uh, you know most of the older church members in my church are like, "Why are you opening up on Twenty Fifth Street? That's where all the bums go." And you know, but it's changed. It's it's yeah. the it's it's different now. Oh wow! Well, anyway, there you guys have it. We really appreciate you guys then coming on. Um, Again, if you guys have any questions or comments, we will definitely link their website on our episode notes. Uh, You guys can Mm -hmm. check those out at dmtruthtech.org. There you guys can get in contact with them if you have any questions and stuff like that. Uh, Hit them up on social media, follow up on how they're doing and on their uh, leading up to their grand opening and stuff. Thank you guys so much. It was great to meet you. Great to learn your story and uh, a little bit more about your ministry that's starting. And more than anything, you don't know that uh, and go in confidence that we'll be praying for you guys. Definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you guys again. We'll catch you guys um, next week for our Tech Talk Tuesday, and we hope you guys have a great weekend. So peace out. Mm -hmm.